One Easter Sunday some years ago, a, um, a pastor and a taxi driver were involved in a head-on collision, and they woke up, and they found themselves in heaven right in front of the pearly gates where St. Peter was waiting to show them to their new homes. They, they were so excited, they followed St. Peter to this beautiful mansion on a hill, and there they saw this three-story mansion with hundreds of rooms and a tennis court and a basketball court and, and a swimming pool that seemed to just go on forever, and the pastor got really excited until Peter welcomed the taxi driver to his brand new house. Well, the pastor got even more happy because he said, if the taxi driver gets this, what am I going to get? And and so Peter said, well, I have something special to show you. And he, he began to lead him down the street and turned one corner to the next. And then down this back alleyway where there was this dingy old shack. And they walked in and there was a George Foreman grill and a black and white TV. And the pastor was really confused as Peter said, welcome to your new home. He said, I, I don't, wait a minute, I don't get it. I, I spent my entire life preaching the gospel. I was at church just about every time that the doors were open. And Peter said, let me explain. You see, in your Easter sermon, people fell asleep. But in the taxi driver, every time the taxi driver drove, people prayed. <laughs> <laughs> so laughter is an appropriate way for us to begin on this Easter Sunday. It's the first time since 1956 that Easter Sunday and April Fool's Day have coincided. It won't happen again until 2029 and 2040, when you better believe I'll be re-preaching this sermon. Um, and no, today Burger King will not be releasing a chocolate Whopper. Rolex will not be putting out a $50,000 sundial watch. Uh, uh, Annie, Annie, uh, Auntie Annie's the pretzel shop in the mall. They're not going to be releasing uh, pretzel-scented essential oils. And kibbles and bits are not going to be putting out human cereal, although all of those have been announced in some way. Uh, no, none of those are going to happen, but people have had fun on this Easter April Fool's Sunday. For instance, uh, the parents who wrapped up grapes as Cadbury cream eggs, or, or even better, the Brussels sprouts dipped in chocolate and almond pieces, or, or the... Uh, the Kinder eggs with actual eggs inside of them, or, or probably my, my favorite, these are the, the brownies, uh, Easter brownies. Some of you get it at home. Um, or this one mom on Twitter who uh, said, how long do you think it'll take them to realize there are no Easter eggs hidden? Or at 4.30 in the morning when I got here, because uh, that's what pastors do on Easter, and I looked around my office and somebody had peeped your pastor. There were a hundred or so peeps all hidden around my office. And I was thinking to myself, who peeps a pastor? Is there someone who says peeps a lot here on Sunday mornings? I don't know if it was her or not, but, but where are some of my kids at? Where are your hands at? There we go. I did this in the sanctuary. You better believe I did this in the sanctuary. I wish I had a t-shirt cannon. There you go. There you go. Oh, man. Okay. Well, you get a peep and you get a peep. And, uh, and on this Easter Sunday, it just so happens, it just so happens 
that the Society of Biblical Scholars has just released their latest finding. They found some, some documents that seem to prove that the resurrection was just one complex, you can take that down, was just one complex Easter uh, April Fool's Day hoax. You see, Mary and James and John, they, they all got together and they, uh, they decided with this great gag that ended up getting most of them executed. See, Peter said, you know what would be great, guys? It would be really great if we, like, pretended that Jesus came back from the dead and, and then uh, we could steal the body and then tell everybody and when they threatened to kill us, we would just go to our deaths uh, denying that it was a gag. Uh, uh, Simon said, yes, verily I say unto you, let's do as you say. It'll be a great prank and everybody will fall for it. And then John stood there and said, you know, I think that's wonderful. They'll, they'll threaten to banish me for the rest of my life, but I promise I won't leak a word. Classic April Fool's prank. Way to go. Well, the document goes on to describe how Jesus' followers sneaked by the Roman guards, rolled away the stone, stole Jesus' body, and then slipped away unnoticed. The epic prank went on for thousands of years undiscovered until these new documents uncovered the whole thing. Well, as silly as it is on this happy Easter, April Fool's Day, and yet it's not too far from the truth of what happens as soon as the resurrection occurs. If you will hear these words from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in, in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with whom, with them who told this to the disciples. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself, what had happened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, when we begin on that early Sunday morning, Jesus has been dead now for some 72 hours. And the death that he had died, there simply was no coming back from that. The gospel writers make it clear that he was tortured for hours before he finally died. The gospel writers give all sorts of details about it. The the 40 lashes with the flogging whip and the crucifixion where he breathes his last. And at the moment when they go to break the legs of the crucified criminals on his right and his left, they go to Jesus but find he's already dead. They pierce him with a spear and find that the blood and the water flowed out, signifying that he indeed was dead. They took his body down from the cross and they placed him in a borrowed tomb. When the women wake up early on Sunday morning, they're Grief is heavy upon them, and this wasn't a morning that was called Easter Sunday morning. This just was regular Sunday morning, and they waited till the Sabbath was over to take those burial spices. 
And they don't go with the burial spices in one hand and their fingers crossed behind their back saying, Oh, I hope he's resurrected, but just in case we'll bring the burial spices. No, what the women knew is what everyone knew, is that the dead stay dead and that there was no coming back from a crucifixion like this. Well, they walk in and Jesus' body is gone. There's an angel sitting there, and he says, he's not here, he is risen, remember what he told you. And they're confused, and, and yet they run, and they tell the disciples, and they tell the story to the disciples, and the disciples look at them, and as you saw in the scripture, they, they thought the story was nonsense. This word in Greek is a word leros, it's where we get our word delirious. They looked at the women, they thought they had absolutely lost their mind. Maybe they had been doing something else with those spices, or their grief was just simply too heavy they were delirious. They, they were full of nonsense. They were full of April foolishness. And they simply didn't believe it. I mean, can you blame the disciples for this response? I, I imagine most of us would feel the very same way. I mean, we've all lost loved ones, some of us too recently, and some of us far too regularly. But all we need is crazy Uncle Larry to show up the morning after the funeral and declare to us that Grandma is still alive. I mean, you wouldn't believe it for a second. You'd think he needed to be institutionalized or at least not listened to. It's the disciples' response, and it's ours as well. For in a world that's dominated in our newspapers and in our app notifications by all sorts of reminders of death and destruction, of mass shootings and of, of threats of war, both on Twitter and of the nuclear variety, we, we see that our world is not all as it should be. It's not an A-plus world all the time where everything is well and all things are well. Instead, our world often gets graded by a number of Ds, death and destruction, despair, disease, depression, and of course, death, the word that always seems to be final. And so in this final word, death, this story, it, it seems like a nice little story, but if we know one thing, it's that the dead stay dead, and there's no coming back from that. So maybe this resurrection thing was simply one elaborate hoax, one April Fool's. I, I mean, I know that there are some here this morning who were dragged here, they were brought here, or even those who are faithful believers, you're skeptics about the whole thing. You say, how could this possibly happen? We've never seen this happen again. How could this one thing happen? And maybe that's the way God made you, to be a little bit of a doubter or a little bit of a skeptic. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Or maybe you, you believe in the resurrection so far as it, it keeps itself in the spiritual realm when it, that Christ was resurrected in our hearts and we have new life and we feel good. But when it starts talking about a physical body being raised from the dead, well, maybe that's where you draw the line. Or others of you think it is a great story, uh, but you'd rather me hurry this up because Easter lunch is waiting. But wherever you fall this morning, you fall in the same area that the disciples did on this April Fool's morning. Because the objections were there. It's easier to depend upon what you know. It's easier to depend upon what you can verify with your five senses. It's easier to depend upon scientific evidence. And this morning, I am not going to try to prove that the resurrection is real, but only to say that the very ones who may have created this idea of a resurrection, they were the very ones who were willing to die for it. 
the ones who were afraid in the hours after Jesus' death, who watched with horror as the one that they had followed was whipped and beaten and crucified for our sakes, the one who fled away because they feared that the very thing that had happened to Jesus would happen to them too. On that Sunday morning some 2,000 years ago, something happened and their lives were radically changed. Something changed. The tomb was empty. The, the body was no longer there. They experienced something that changed their lives completely. Chuck Colson, who was uh, involved in the uh, Watergate scandal and later became a Christian, he talks about his process of becoming a Christian and basing it upon the evidence that he found based on his experience in Watergate. He said this, I know the resurrection is true, and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 disciples testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, or put into prison. They would not have endured it if it were not true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't even keep the lie going for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep this lie for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. And as the stories of the disciples continue on, we learn that Peter was crucified upside down. Andrew was tied to the cross and left there for days. Thaddeus and Bartholomew and Simon all faced deaths of their own. They were skinned alive. They were beheaded. They were boiled. They were stoned. They were killed for this belief. Was it an April Fool's joke or was it real? Was it true? Did they go to their deaths knowing it was true? The Apostle Paul, whose life was radically changed by the risen presence of the Lord, who, who encountered him as he made his way to Damascus to persecute those believers who claimed that Christ had risen. Paul's life was radically changed from one who wanted to see the end of Christianity to the very one who spread it throughout the world. And in his letter to, first, in his letter to the Corinthians in chapter 15, Paul puts it this way. He says, if there's no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But, he did not raise him if, but if he did not raise him in fact, then the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people to be pitied. If this thing's just one big April Fool's hoax, then what in the world are we doing here? Then, then why do we keep preaching and proclaiming this year after year, century after century? Paul says that Christ indeed has been raised. He indeed is the final word. He is the, the one who, through his new life, sets the standard for all new life. He is the one, through his death and resurrection, shows that death does not have the final word. And Paul concludes his words in 1 Corinthians 15 by saying, Where, O oh death, is your sting? Where, O oh death, is your victory? This morning on Easter Sunday, on this April Fool's Easter Sunday, may we know that this resurrection thing is real. It's true, and it's not just true uh, to believe it. It's true because we put our faith 
upon it. We put our lives upon it. We rest our future upon it. The resurrection is real and it's true and it's believable. And what that means is that, is that those who we've lost and loved in this world, that we indeed will see them again. That every wrong in this world, it will be made right. That every death will be celebrated with new life. That every tear will be wiped away. That in the places where there's mourning, there will be laughter and smiles once again. And that in those places that seem to be dead inside your own heart and in this world, Christ will bring new life. May you know today that the resurrection is for you and may the Spirit convince you to depend your life upon it. Will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks and praise for the truth of your resurrection and for the way in which you, through your Holy Spirit, give us new life. We ask that as we uh, prepare to give our offerings, that they might be a generous response to the good news of your grace and through the opportunity that you give us this day to receive new life. Amen.